it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dan Slater. I have AJ with me, as always. AJ, how are you? I'm well. You know, still licking my wounds after yesterday, but I'll survive. That's true. I guess we could tell the people that we had uh, we had a match on Saturday. That we did. I mean, it was a good match. I it wouldn't was. say either of us played particularly well, but there, were, yeah, there were particularly no great holes. A couple bad ones. It was fun. Thought, thought I was going to pull it out, and then I lost on eighteen. I mean, you did have a three up lead through eight. <clears throat> That's a, that's a match you should win. Three up lead through eight. Bottom line. Yeah, but when you birdie the holes at I'm not getting a stroke on and I par well, to turn once. the momentum. Yeah, well, there's only there's only one hole I'm not getting a stroke on against you. So I mean, I feel like with your flesh colored golf balls, you deserve to lose at least two holes. So there were two holes that greatly frustrated me with those flesh colored golf balls. Ten and sixteen, I think. Yeah, ten and sixteen. Particularly 16. Granted, I still need the whole 10. 10, the ball was probably out of play anyway, but... Took a humongous bounce. Gotta, gotta fix off the tee. I'm not sure if it's like the new shaft on the club, or just me sucking. We had three great holes, no, two great tee shots to start. Yeah. And then it just started tailing. It was it was odd. I thought it was, was going to just... Run right through you after those tee shots were dead straight. And well, that was never going to happen. Let's let's not be foolish. It's putting um, well, though. So putting was great. I got to say, for those who haven't played with AJ, for those listeners, AJ is about as confident as you can be for an amateur golfer, like inside of 10 feet. He does not play very much break. It's really just... Plow it in the back of the cup and don't worry about the six eight footer or even the twenty footer coming back the other way. No, but, especially at shores. Other but, courses, I don't think I'll do that on our uh, golf trip. Those greens will probably be a lot faster, so we'll have to adjust. I mean, shores greens are pretty good. I mean, in my I mean they are good. It's just, I don't know, it's just like you this know year they, they you, I know them very well and. They're not breaking like I think they've been going to be breaking this year. Right. But if, I mean, you you and I had a lot of putts that were just you know, hanging inches, right on the top. Hanging on the top so, yeah. you know, one way to fix that is get rid of the break. So that was yesterday. Did you play? You didn't play today. You were working today. I was working today and did not play. So thought I, about playing like this afternoon, but then you're like, let's do it at like three. So, yeah. I had a bright and early uh, 6.30 tea time this morning at Rackham, which obviously I play every Thursday in my Thursday league, but it's kind of weird playing 18 at a course that you play nine holes at every week. Probably took just as long today as Thursday did. Just about. We t- we, our tea time was actually 6.44, and for the first three holes, we had some jokers in front of us that didn't look like they played golf very often. They were taking about 15, 20 minutes a hole. And then once we called the ranger, the ranger stop up, stopped and talked to him. They got moving pretty good. And after like the fourth hole, I'd, I'd say we were cruising. I think we still played in like three hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, we played in three hours and 45 minutes on Thursday. On right, nine. exactly. I subbed in the league on Thursday and had an interesting finishing hole, hitting yeah. it out of the... Uh, out of the barn. Out of the barn. Out of the caddy shed for those who are unfamiliar with Rackham in their 150-year-old clubhouse and uh, barn right next to it. Yeah. Good shot, though. Ended up with a seven, though, and really, really kind of blew up a good round that was happening. But hey, if you, you have a 450-yard par four where the second shot's all uphill, guarded by a bunker, and, and you hit a, a shot out of a barn shed... I think we'll take that. Seven was good, yeah. Yeah. Kept it under fifty, which would have been uh you know, under one hundred for eighteen, right? So yep. did did the pod proud. I mean technically you did keep it under hundred, so I feel like uh we should mention the tournament this week a little bit. What about last week? Actually let's talk about that first. So we did we were talking kind of mid round last week, right? Yeah, on Saturday. On Saturday, and then we had the 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 news. The news of the John Rahm withdrawal. At, well, not even withdrawal. It was after his round. It was after his third round. It was third right round. after he his has, third round. He had seven a, under, right, in the round? 
something like that. Six he, had or six, he had a six shot lead. He was winning. Going he was going Sunday, to win. he was going to win the tournament. He walks off the 18th green. The officials come up to him, which it it couldn't have been the right way to handle it. But I don't know what else you do because he knew going into Monday that he was in the contract contact tracing program. He yeah, because his wife had COVID. If I'm not mistaken. I I did not hear that. But it was, I think it was his wife, and he's he had been basically quarantined all week, so he was getting tested left and right throughout the week. Right, and he had all negative tests until Saturday, like four o'clock or something, yeah. and then they retested the sample at like six o'clock, and it was another negative test. So they had to pull him off the course. Those are the rules. It's been the rules for everybody this whole time. Yeah, you have to withdraw if you have a positive test. I just don't understand why you leave him on the golf course so long. Like, if it's not okay to wait until he's in the scoring tent to tell him, like, why he's already been shaking hands with people and giving out balls and stuff the entire round, like, why even wait that long? I don't know. It was bizarre. It was really weird. Like, I mean, like you said, you I guess I would have waited till closed doors. Like having the ca- like the cameras are on, so like the it's the a broadcast bad. was like trying to figure out what the hell was going on. It was right. like, did someone just die in his family, or right. no? Because COVID was kind of like an afterthought mm-hmm. of like, well, whatever they're telling him, it doesn't look good. Like, oh yeah, he has the Rona. Yeah, but I think he is unvaccinated, which is why he he actually had his first shot during the week at the okay. tournament. So this tournament was basically giving out shots. Yeah. At the door, essentially, and he had his first one earlier in the week. Okay, so he was in between vaccination shots, but I like I know he had to withdraw. I know they had to tell him that's the rule. I'm not blaming anybody for that. Like they had to, they had no choice. That's the rule. It's been the rule since the pandemic started. But I just don't understand why they waited so long. Like it was going to be a bad look either way. Like if they tell him there, they look like shit because. Oh, why'd you have to tell him off the 18th green? Yeah. If they wait until he gets in the scoring tent, it's like, oh, why'd you let him walk through all those people and give high fives after the round? There's but no in my opinion, probably. yeah, in my opinion, as soon as they had the positive test, they should have just pulled him off the course. Don't let him make two, three birdies in the last four holes. Like, just yeah. tell him as soon as it's possible and just get him off the course. That would have made more sense, but I think that would have been the biggest spectacle. Of it all. So then the entire broadcast and the rest of that would have just, just but, been but about even then, being pulled But off. even then, it's a win-win for the PGA Tour. And even and then, you have the added suspense of, all right, well now we have like a tied match for who the actual leader is because Rom's out. Yeah. But anyway, so good Rom, Rom has already had his negative test. He's good to go. He's, he's good way. to go he for the US a bit ago. Right. Can't uh, live with the win. Cantley with his second win in three years. FedEx Cup leader now, I think. He won, what, 2019 Memorial and now 2021 Memorial. Beat Colin Morikawa in a playoff. Colin Morikawa still pretty much far and away the best iron player on the PGA Tour. And if he can just hit some fairways, it seems like he's going to contend at a whole lot of tournaments. Not sure about Torrey Pines, which we'll get into later, but... um. I mean, he played great. Morikawa, that it's, it seems putt like, burned him at the end, obviously. Well, and he had mud on his ball on the playoff hall on the approach, which you can argue maybe they, after that rainstorm they should have just been lifting yeah. in place, but he got kind of boned with that. But putting putting is always going to be the thing that brings him down a little bit. Correct. Uh, other notables, obviously Patrick Reed, top five. We yes. got Max Homa tied for sixth. Uh, your man, Sunglasses, Ricky Fowler. Love that Tie guy. Tie 11th. Shoffley, Shoffley tied with Ricky. Uh, Adam Scott up there. Haven't seen him in a while. Shambo and Spieth, 18. With Rory as well, 18th, tied 18th. And Usaizen. All, all guys that you wouldn't be surprised if you see him up on that U.S. Open leaderboard. Um Scotty Scheffler had a full-on shank. Yes, I just, was... I just love to see it. I don't like watching people shank it in general because it kind of gives me nightmares about how I live close to the hosel. But watching pros do it, 
is great. It's, I mean, I don't want to say it's funny because it's it's. I mean, okay, it is funny when it's it happens. Scary. Also it's also scary. scary that like these people are the top of the best of the best, the best, the best, of the best. The best and right. they're you know towing one and shaking it fifty yards right. Probably injured a patron who is standing too close to them as they're golfing, anyways. Right. It's interesting to see. It does not happen often. And surprisingly, in this tournament, not a ton of notable cuts. Just our boy Doug Gim. Damn it. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Doug Gim. Woodland, I guess, would be notable. And then Watson withdrew, as did Cameron Champ. But Cameron Champ really probably isn't playing. Too hot as of late. Right. Harry Higgs finishes last, but he did make the cut. How did he finish again? Dead last? Uh, dead last. He had a very poor fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. He finished plus 17. Mm. And I think at one point he was under par. Wow. Either, I think probably on Friday going into Saturday, but not a strong finish for Harry Higgs. Okay. Let, let, let's get into Palmetto this week a little bit. Uh, Palmetto Championship at Congaree, 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 in South Carolina. Right now we have uh, Chesson Hadley with a two-shot lead. He's through 15 holes. You got Bo Van Pelt, who's through 16. He's two back. And was it Garrett Higo? Yeah, Garrett Higo. Higo Garrett, Garrett Higo, the South African. He's also two back. He's through 16. Then you have Hudson Swafford, Doc Redman, Johnny Vegas. And DJ has just fallen. DJ has fallen off a cliff. He's all the way back to 8-under. After 65-68, he went 73-70 over the weekend. But, I mean, can't hate his chances going into the U.S. Open. If he just straightens out the driver a little bit, he's going to be fine. That's how I feel about my game, too. Yeah, but DJ has a little... uh, but maybe a, just a smidge better record with the driver, you know, Probably, from tournament I, to tournament. Than, I would than say you, over the last do. yeah five years, his driving accuracy is much higher. Than I that. haven't watched a whole lot of this tournament. The tournament looks pretty run of the mill, as far as what I've watched. It doesn't nothing super interesting about the course. Not no nothing super interesting about the course. Nothing super interesting came out like about news the wise or the field. Like the most interesting. Uh, the only two real players in the field really were DJ and Kepka. I didn't even see what Kepka did. Did he miss the cut? Kepka? Um, did he withdraw? I don't know. Let me pull it back up. Yep, he missed the cut. 72 73. Kepka missed the cut with Keith Mitchell, who he was playing with. Just some bad But anyway, I mean, if we learned anything from the PGA Championship, it's let's not bother trying to guess how Kepka is feeling going into a major. He's probably pumped right for this and he does not give a shit about the current tournament that's going on no and then okay i'm pretty sure there was a uh in round two in this tournament this is the only notable thing i saw it was pretty interesting not interesting interesting and probably very rare uh golfer was stroked or i guess given a 10 stroke penalty afterwards what? So on the par 5, I want to say 15th or 14th hole, he hit his third shot in the I water. I think 16's a par... Wait. Either 15 or 16 are par 5. One of them's a par 5, the other one's a drivable par 4. Whatever the par 5 which, was, yeah. hit into the water in his third shot. Yep. Took his normal drop, finished it out. Two holes later, looks down, realizes the ball he's playing is not his ball. Oh, shit. So they have the rule, for those that don't know, you have to play the same type of ball all weekend. If you're playing Pro V1s, you're playing Pro V1s the entire weekend, you can't just hot swap out a chrome softball. He actually, well, picked, up, he actually picked up Pat Perez's ball. Well, it's not I, even that you can't... Pl- you, you can play a different ball, but you have to declare it. So correct. Like, he didn't lose the ball, so he played an incorrect ball he for played, however yeah, many shots. He played an incorrect ball for so five holes. Five sh- oh, Two-stroke penalty for each hole you played with the incorrect ball. Mm-hmm. He actually picked up one of Pat Perez's balls and they're on the practice screen together. That's great. Played that, had no clue, and then he just withdrew. How many times have you played the incorrect ball on? Like a ball that I didn't bring? Right. Like if I find a Lucy, you know, in the woods. Like a noodle? Or yeah. A, or, I mean, an, or you know what's a great ball? Underrated ball, Nike Juice. 
Nike Juice. Nike Juice Plus. Amazing scramble I ball. I Nike Juice Plus willingly. I feel like they're bigger than actual golf balls when I hit them. <laughs> I feel like I'm hitting a softball. <laughs> they sound like you're hitting a rock. But they're awesome. But typically, I uh, unless if I'm like super pissed off and playing terrible, like Shores like three rounds ago, I played some balls that I didn't bring with me to the course. But for the most part, I'm usually playing. But you know when you're not playing the same ball that you correct. teed off with. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't happen often. Yeah. Okay. It's more just when I'm mad. But I thought that was the only interesting note was that wild 10-stroke penalty that he received. That's and then it's like, I'm done. You don't, you don't see it very often. You hate to see it. Yes. All right. Let's get into the U.S. Open. Oh, by the way, let's just note that we are AJ, AJ and I are both idiots. On our last pod, we were talking about the U.S. Open a as fair amount this weekend, as if it was the following week, and it was not. It was we completely forgot about the Palmetto Championship and the fact that we had two weeks until the U.S. Open. But looking anyway. back on it, it makes sense. It would be very weird if the Memorial, a pretty big tournament in its own, was right before the U.S. Open. Yeah. Usually there's like this... Well, the one year you had, didn't we have the the, the Memorial and the Workday back-to-back? Those are back-to-back. The, That's Rona. That was last year. It was at the same course. Yeah. That was because the uh, Workday couldn't be played right. wherever it's normally played or where it was supposed to be played that, that year. So... This week coming up, this Thursday, is the 121st U.S. Open at the Torrey Pines South Course. Pretty, uh, for the most part, the U.S. Open is always a 156-man field. This week, we have a $12.5 million purse, $2.25 million to the winner. We have a par 71 Last time it seventy seven hundred yards. Right yeah, there. last time it played like seventy six eighty nine back in two thousand eight. So, why don't we talk about that a little bit before we jump into this year? The last time they played the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, well, they have the farm. They have the farmers every year. They have the farmers every year, but two thousand eight, right? Two thousand eight, the just maybe the most memorable. I mean, top three. Top three tournaments in probably in golf history, the Tiger Woods uh, fractured leg tournament. You know, the expect anything different. His win over Rocco Mediate. What's crazy though is the most memorable moment of that tournament is a putt by Tiger to get into a playoff. Yeah. So he was one. He was the leader most of the week. He was the leader. I don't know if he was the leader after the first round, but. He made a late charge on Saturday because he made eagles at 13 and 18 with a combined about 100 feet of putts on Saturday. I can I can I remember it so vividly. So 13, he hits it all the way to the back back of the green. He had had to be 60 to 90 feet from the dead back fringe all the way to a front pin. Black pants, black sweater vest, light blue light blue polo, and the guy just sinks it. I remember none of this, but mostly because I wasn't a golf oh, man. fan. And, and it was unreal. Was so he drains that. 18, he had he hits it on the green too. He had less. It was maybe 30 feet, but it was a double breaker. And they were like, I mean, if he gets this inside of five feet, this will be a great putt. And he just sinks it dead center of the cup. He had the crazy fist pump on 13. 18, he just kind of had a smirk and just did a real light fist pump. He's kind of new at that yeah. point. And then uh, he needed a birdie on 18 to get into the playoff. Hits it to about, I don't know, 15, 18 feet. And on those Poa Greens out there on the West Coast, none of those putts are gimmies. And his kind of rattled in. And that was the you know the Dan Hicks expect yeah. anything different call. And then him and Rocco on Monday, which I took off of work, I remember, to watch that playoff. And him and Rocco went 18 holes. For the U.S. Open playoff, which yeah, it always is. It always is U.S. because they're each And major. they were still tied, and they went extra holes. And I think, I don't remember if it was the first, I forgot to look this up, but I don't remember if it was the first or second playoff hole, but Tiger won in extra, extra holes. So they played in 18 holes, and That's they were still tied. peak as a golf fan right there. Yeah. Because I always find myself now jealously wanting, like, a playoff Almost like every tournament, like you have a stacked leaderboard. Like, what if we get like a 
six-way playoff here with like the top guys never happens. Oh, never. But that had to be this absolutely amazing from a viewership standpoint of watching Tiger Woods. It's it's the play an extra round and then go to extra holes and win. It's it's that age-old saying where it, it might actually be from The Office where he says, "I wish you knew you were in the good old days." I think no, I think it's Andy in the last season of The Office. Or he says, I wish you were knew, you knew you were in the good old days before they were the good old days. Yeah. It's like, I wish you could appreciate the Tiger era when we were in the Tiger era. Well, and I think the reason why people maybe didn't is you never thought it was going to end. This could be completely every, every week, different subject on its own, but like you didn't think right. his downfalls were going right. to... Every, um, that early. Right. Every week when I played, it was just like, oh, Tiger's winning again. All right. I'm not even going to worry about yeah. it. Yeah. It was just like, later. it was just like, um, the 2009 PGA when he had like a three shot lead going into Sunday and he had never lost a lead on the Sunday of a major. And I had a tee time at Sunday at Blackheath. I distinctly remember this. <laughs> and I was around. like, all right, let's just. Let's just go play. Tiger's got a three-shot lead. We're not going to worry about it. And we just kept checking the scores throughout the day. And then like 15 or 16, whatever hole that was when Y.E. Yang holes out and takes the lead on Tiger. We're like, what the fuck is going on? And we ended up getting home like 18th hole, I think, to just to watch him lose. And it was like, I, I could Y.E. Yang had that crazy shot, right, on 18? Well, 18, he hit a hybrid to yeah. like 10 feet. He still, because I remember watching some he's still like... He still has the hybrid, obviously, but I feel like he still games the hybrid mm-hmm. when he plays. Like he still has the same club in his bag, probably. They just will never get rid of, right? And I think Tiger still had a chance with the putt, but he had to make like a forty footer or something and didn't make it. But anyway, um, I just I remember that ex- crazy vividly. And there's just no way that if Tiger was in contention at a major, I would be anywhere but watching TV in the yeah. last five ten years. But anyway. So Tiger won in a playoff. Uh, some other notables that I thought were interesting from 2008, and some of them I think might actually translate to 2021. But uh, So Westwood was even. He missed a putt on 18 to get into the 18-hole playoff. Uh, he This won't translate, but this guy's just awesome. Miguel Angel Jimenez was, <laughs> was plus three. Uh, Brant Snedeker plus four. Always plays good on the West Coast. Uh, recent resurgence, Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink. Was plus four, four shots back. Definite resurgence on Stuart Sink. Um, His son, that sick flow on the bag is, <laughs> has been the key for him. He's been playing good, too. I mean, he would it surprise you if Thursday, Friday, Stuart Sink was like in the top ten? If you asked me this question in January, I'd say... Not a chance. I'm also not positive that Stuart Sink is in the field. I would guess he is because he's won a golf tournament this year, but um, I don't know that for sure. So we should probably check that. Why don't you check that he's one and go through the rest? He is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Phil, our 2021 PGA champion, Phil, was plus plus six at the 08 U.S. Open, going for and, the career grand Yeah, tied 18th. Well, and Phil, let's, let's kind of stay on Phil for a second. I mean... He has history at Torrey Pines. He's won the Farmers three times, but he hasn't won since they redid the course in 2002. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So he hasn't won on this course in 19 years. Correct. Wow. He's had a couple, like, I think top tens. But yeah, the Farmers, I think he won like 93, 2000, and 2001 maybe. I don't even remember what year this is, but do you remember when Phil had like 90 yards and needed to hole out to either win or get into a playoff? And he had Bones go up to... It was when Bones was still on his bag, and he had Bones go up to the green from 90 yards out over that lake on 18 and pull the pin, and he almost hold it. I do not remember when that was, but I remember <sighs> the scene, the high... Like, I've, right. I've seen the, the clip, and that would yeah. have been the most insane thing ever, but right. Phil, like, <clears throat> he's notable. Let's see if he can... I just think with how the rough's going to be this week from everything that I'm reading, the it's going to be, like, traditional... Yeah, U.S. Open just thick and juicy. Like you have to chop out. Like you're gonna have to hit fairways. And I know he did at Kiowa, but he's his accuracy is not a strong suit as I'm, a late. I'm also expecting a uh, kind of a 
almost like a major hangover. From I mean, his... he's been living it up. I mean, think right about now. think about Tiger after he won the Masters. He basically disappeared for the rest of the year. Yes. So I'm, I'm expecting a similar result from Phil. Phil uh, did just turn 51, though I believe, on Wednesday. Yeah. So happy belated birthday, Phil Mickelson. Happy birthday, Phil. Uh, Sergio, plus six. Guy hasn't been seen on a leaderboard in a great long while, but he's a ball striker. If he can hit a lot of fairways, you never know. Adam Scott, another guy that we have not seen in a long time. He was at plus seven at the two eight, at the two thousand eight U.S. Open. Those were the, really the only people of note that are either still relevant or, or alive, could, or could be relevant or alive from that 08 leaderboard. Uh, quick update for the listeners as far as TV coverage. I think we're in for an awesome weekend, just because we have uh, some West Coast golf for us on, on the East Coast. Yes, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. I got Friday off of work. Oh shit. I am go. camping this weekend, so I'll be watching on my phone coming up. Okay, that sounds awful. But we got so Thursday, Friday we have well Thursday we have uh, Golf Channel, twelve thirty to seven. We also have Peacock streaming from nine forty five to twelve thirty, which is free. So sign up for it if you don't have it. Yeah, and then we have NBC coverage from seven to ten p.m. Uh, Friday, twelve thirty to six on Golf Channel, six to nine on NBC. Saturday, we have 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. on NBC. Sunday, 10 to 12 on Golf Channel, 12 to 8 on NBC. You're just not leaving your couch. That's a lot of golf. Just watching it all. I have a, I have a golf tournament this weekend, but that's where I'm going to be right afterwards. Just get on the phone. Put it in the golf cart. On the golf cart or next to the pool. Yeah. Either, either way. So, there's a lot of golf. This weekend, huge field, so we're going to have some long rounds. We'll get into our uh, our picks to win and stuff, but you want to talk about the course a little bit? Yeah, start us off. I mean, so, like you already mentioned, the rough is going to be... I think it's going to be traditional kind of U.S. Open where they're going to punish people if they miss the fairway. It's it's It goes back to the distance debate a little bit. It's like the bomb and gougers probably still have a little bit of an advantage because... The bottom line is when you hit it really far and you're hitting a 9-iron instead of a 6-iron out of the rough, you have an advantage. But I think what we're going to see a lot of this week, we're going to see people punching out of the rough. And if you miss the green, we're going to see people just chopping it out to to 20 feet. And we're going to see who can make the most 15, 20-foot putts. I think we're going to see a lot of that this week. Or you're going to see a clinic by someone like... I don't know, Morikawa just hitting a shit ton of fairways and a shit ton of greens, and we're going to see how many putts he can make. I think it's going to be the former with just... I would agree. We're going to see see the long long hitters are going to have an advantage. Mm -hmm. And if they can, like you said, just find a way to get it within 15, 20 feet and make a handful of those throughout the weekend, that's who you're going to see kind of run away with it. So last time... We had uh, Rocco and Tiger, who were, what, they were minus one? Yeah, they were minus one for the playoff. So what would you project? So 2021, what, 13 years later, 14 years later, the 121st U.S. Open. What are you, what are you projecting as the winning score? I'm, you're probably going to see something like between f- minus four and minus six. I think someone I was going to say minus four because I think they're... I think they saw what the PGA did. Yeah. At minus six, I think the P, I think the USGA would be pissed if the winning score of the PGA was lower or higher than the U.S. Open. I think they're going to grow the rough out as thick as possible, and the greens are going to be lightning. I would. I would agree. I mean, it's just going to come down to you're probably going to have like one person who's going to go three or four under one day and be like the, that t- that'll be the top score and then you'll get a, a bunch of yeah. people at one, one under and like the two over as yeah. kind of like your your best rounds on some of the days yeah especially saturday and sunday where they're going to be playing you know that's when they're going to be ramping the greens up and they're, they're pin positions at that point uh yeah let's see what everyone's made of i'm with you though i think the score is right in that range i don't i don't think it's going to be better than what did phil shoot six under 
Is that so. the final? I, th- I don't think it'll be better than that. So if there's some kind of over-under on that, I'll take the under. Um, under is... For, no, I guess over. Worst, worst, worst score, score higher than, score. than that. Higher score. As far as notable holes, I I went through the course, and as far as watching it on TV, the only notable holes that really stick out to me are those par fives, 13 and 18, on that back nine. Uh, coincidentally, in 2008, those are the two holes that played the two easiest on the course in relation to par. So 13 was the 17th hardest hole at 4.86, and 18 was the 18th hardest hole at 4.79 for the field, which I don't expect really any different. I don't think they changed the course a whole lot. No, I, I think, think they've it's made be... it a little longer in 2019. Is what they pretty much just added some length, made it a little more difficult. But but they're still par fives. And yeah, they're, they're still. It's it's unless they made the par five 700 yards long, like you're still going to get people who are going to birdie that hole and it's probably going to play just under par. Right. The uh, the twelfth hole is a long par four that kind of plays along the coast. That was the hardest hole in 2008 as a par 4 played 4.4, 4.59 scoring average for the week. So that's a hole to watch out for. We got it's 504 yards. It was 514, I think, played in 2008. Hmm. Uh, number one always sticks out to me, not because it's particularly interesting or a difficult hole, but Tiger missed the fairway all four days <laughs> in his 2008 victory. And I just remember that uh, just vividly. And then 17 is a dogleg left with kind of a, you know, a crevice, a valley on the left-hand side. Uh, 2008, that was the number six hardest hole. And you definitely do not want to be short on this green with the two gigantic bunkers that are protecting it on either side. Oh, sorry, 2008. Uh, number six was a 514-yard par four that played to a 4.51 scoring average. Like how it says it has one water hazard. So this counting the ocean? The ocean. just one water hazard? <laughs> that is hilarious, though. One water hazard. So wait. I, I, wonder, I wonder if 18, the pond on 18 is the only water hazard. Yeah, that it has to be. So they don't count the ocean? I don't think so. There's definitely... Well, I guess it's just OB then. Yeah, it would just be there's out of definitely balance. par fours where you're teeing off along the water. There's at least correct, two. but for you, for me and you, maybe that's a water hazard. But I don't think many pros are pulling it and yanking it into the ocean. That's interesting. Okay. Well, I I mean I'm gonna watch the shit out of it. So yeah, Thursday, Friday I'll be watching a ton of it. Sunday as well. Saturday, because I'll be in a tent, might be difficult to... I have an outing Saturday, so in the morning not as much, but as soon as we get back to the house. Okay, so let's let's get into some picks. So, we were looking at some odds earlier. They don't have a lot of the prop bets out just yet. So Yeah, they just have no no top five yet, no top tens. None of the, they have a ton of Bryson and, Bryce Brooks, and Brooks props. God, I do not give a shit about. I couldn't give a shit. I think uh, it was Kiz who had a nice little like uh, quote put him in a box. Yeah, put him in, put him in a paper instead like of a pay per view instead of this bullshit. Yeah, instead of all this back and forth. I hate it. Have, we haven't talked about like the did you see the beer thing that Brooks did? Oh, the I, okay. So you hated it. It definitely is very forced. Oh, God, it cracked me up awful. though. The he it, said, "Hey, it's Brooksy." Hey, it's he Brooksy. didn't even call himself Brooksy. Like. <laughs> Just an activation for fans, like, like what? What? Why do people care? Like, do we want people just yelling Brooksy while Bryson's playing now? Like, is that what we want? Is that no. entertaining? It's as entertaining as people screaming "Baba Booey," which is not, not which is zero. I do think it is absolutely wild that people are being kicked out for saying Brooksy. I think, that, I think and that is going to just encourage people to do it more, right? Because they're going to want to get under their, skin, their videos yeah. and their TikTok videos yeah. of yelling and getting kicked out. But, yeah. Oh, man. I hope they all get kicked out. Those are not the people I want at golf tournaments or even watching golf. But whatever. I'm, maybe I'm a curmudgeon. Anyway, let's kind get of, into... kind of our curmudgeon. 
let's let's get into the pick. So I was looking at Vegas Insider. As far as odds, we have Rom as the leader in odds, even though he just passed his COVID tests to be able to get into the field. But he's plus 800. Then I have Brooks, Bryson, Spieth, DJ, and Justin Thomas all at four, plus 1,400. Rory at 1,600. Xander at 1,800. Morikawa, 2,200. What, uh, why don't we go kind of a top, your top two picks to win, and then maybe a, uh, maybe a dark horse. All right. Top two, just because of his length, is going to be Bryson. If the rough is going to be insane, obviously you want to be much closer to the hole, or as close as you possibly can be. That's going to give him a huge advantage over, I would say, 85% of the field. And I, I'm with you, and I'm with you that what he's doing is, hit, we've talked about his kind of low floor, or his high floor. His floor is, very, for, his floor is like top 25 right now. But he's not playing good. No, not, not not at all. Not by his standards. He's playing... Not by anybody's... Well... He's playing good compared to, again, probably 75% of the, the field. the world, but yeah. So if he manages to somehow figure out his approach distance issues, he's been... Sometimes it's been super long. He's been super short. He hasn't really been, you know, Goldilocks and just on. So if he can figure that out, he could be... I, I could see a scenario where we have, like, a... Where did they play in Kill? In New York. Where do you win the U.S. Open? Shinnecock? Yeah, Shinnecock. I could see a Shinnecock situation where he just... But he's not... He's, he was dialed in then. I, I don't see it. Anyway, go ahead. And then... So this one is kind of just track record at U.S. Open, but also is kind of contradictory to how he plays at Torrey Pines. Xander, who's 4-4 four for four on top 10s, but he's missed four of six cuts playing at Torrey Pines. Hmm. But it's like his home course, too. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting, like, he comes to play at this tournament, at this major. And majors in general. Yeah, just majors Besides in general. the last one. And it's, but it's a course that kind of seems to be his, a mild form of kryptonite to him. So I, I'm, before you get to your dark horse, I'm also with you on Xander. Xander's one of my picks to win. I feel like he's got great value at plus eight, 1,800 for a guy who is constantly in the top 10 in majors. And I'm, frankly, I'm expecting a bounce back from his uh, performance at the PGA. This is a very different kind of golf course and more along the line. And I think the harder the golf course plays is is an advantage to him. Um, and then it, it's kind of a flyer, but I'm, I'm not expecting much out of speed. I think anything out of speed this week is a bonus just from how long the golf course is going to play, and how how much fairways are going to be a critical on this golf course. I'm not expecting much out of Spieth, but I'm, I'm expecting something out of DJ. I feel like DJ is going to just wake up. I think he's going to wake up this week. I, I don't DJ has been in like a head funk, it seems like. He really has, but if anyone's just going to snap right out of of a funk, it's going to be DJ. I agree. It's going to happen eventually. I mean, he's kind of been... He's obviously playing worse than Bryson. Biggest thing... But though, those two are going to start playing more consistently soon, and you're going to see them yeah. finishing more top tens, top fives. Biggest thing that worries me about DJ is the fact that he's playing on playing in South Carolina this week. Like, right now, he's finishing up... Or he's finished he's in done. South Carolina, but now he's got to go all the way to the West Coast. He's probably flying and out tonight. I know, but that sets you back in prep time, and you got a day of jet lag, and that, I, I think that can be a big deal. I mean, JT he's, is he's a professional, though. Like he's used to the travel. I, it doesn't matter. I'm a lot not going to write off what would hinder you or I is going to hinder Dustin Johnson. Yeah, but a lot of those guys, especially before majors, are going there a week early. Like I would, I like for all the guys that aren't playing are already there. Yeah, they probably already played Friday. They probably already played Saturday. Um, JT, if he could just figure out his putting, he would be right there. Quite the course to try it at. Yeah. Figure it out. Which that was why I'm not expecting much out of him. What are you thinking out of Rom? Like Rom, 
didn't get to see the course much. He doesn't have a, he did he has won at the farmer's insurance. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think he has a very good track record at Tory. I haven't looked up his like Tory finishes. But I mean if there's ever such thing as a uh, I guess playing with a, a small chip on your shoulder or playing pissed off where he's probably upset of how he was just cost one point seven million and pulled out of that tournament. Yeah, but it was his own fault. Well, yeah, it's his own fault. But I mean, I feel like that is—he's probably still if he, dialed in. If he I can bring that kind of form, yeah, he'll he'll be right there. But I'm not picking him to win. No, like I said my two kind of the top end guys, Xander and Bryson. Bryson, and then I'm if going I'm, with Xander and DJ. So we're in agreement on Xander, which means. He's just probably gonna miss, miss the cut, the cut now. for sure. So, yeah, he's got no chance. Here. All right. If I'm going like, I guess more of a dark horse. I already know what you're gonna say. Can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. Ricky Fowler plus six thousand. Okay. So no, that's not where I'm what going. Do you no, you're not gonna pick Ricky. He didn't make the field. It's okay. He can't win. He can't win. He, okay, so he Vegas, played in a qualifier on Monday. So Vegas Insider, these were old odds apparently. Correct. He, wa- he were, was plus like 6,500. So his odds are worse than that is what you're telling me. Correct. I did have a bet in on Ricky Fowler to win this. He got voided because he missed the All right, well, I'm qualifier. Still t- I'm still taking Ricky plus 6,000. It's worth a $5 bet. It's, it's going to be, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> but he's well, not in the field. Let's hear not it. Not in the field. So I'm not going as aggressive. I'm going more. Uh, this one is a 33 to one. Okay. We're going Zalatoris. Hmm. Interesting. So I mean, he is. This is the first first time in the U.S. Open. First though? time in the U.S. Open, I believe. Ugh. It, the biggest confront, concern for him, and with I think it with all the young guys, is their putting. But he is top ten strokes gained, tee to green. He's. Great strokes gained off the tee, and he's phenomenal approach to the green. Mm-hmm. So as long as he can go above his average driving accuracy, I think he has a chance because of how good he is with his irons. But as Achilles, he'll be that in you know, putting. He is very suspect, to say the least. I don't hate it. Um, I'm going with a couple good recent finishes and... A guy who I feel like, kind of like Xander, who the harder the course plays, the bigger the advantage that he has is uh, maybe not everyone's favorite player, but P. Reed. Patrick Reed plus 2,900. Coming off of a, a top five finish at the Memorial. I feel like the U.S. Open is just, I feel like it's his tournament. I feel like he's going to win one of these. I don't feel like he's paying, playing particularly well, but I don't like it, him. So nobody does. But it's not going to surprise anybody if he's in the Correct. top ten no, after three days. He's always around. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious to see how uh, Matt Wolf plays after basically being Miss, irrelevant. Miscut. Miss he's been hurt. And he's just been gone it's, for like the a, last It's two a months. terrible tournament to come back. Correct. It's your first be, tournament, too. It is going to be... Uh, How do you feel about Cam Smith at plus 5,000? I like Cam Smith a lot. He's been up there a lot in, in these tournaments. He's been playing really well. He's... I don't really think he's going to win, but at plus 5,000, I like a sprinkle on Cam Smith. I would look more... When they come out the odds for like a top 10 or a top 20 on Yeah, I like that. Because, like I said, it's very, 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 very like, unlikely he's going to win. Yeah. But he could come into play in a top 20 or a top 10 finish. And, I mean, it kind of on the line of the top 20s and top 10s, yeah. you... I think Xander's... Like, if you're, if you're not going to sprinkle Xander winning, you should sprinkle him top 20 and top 10. Yep, Just, I agree. He plays very well in majors and in this major in particular... DJ in the U.S. Open is pretty good. I mean, if you look, the best top 10 finishers in U.S. Opens, Xander obviously was 100%, but Kepka, Johnson, Rory, and then Jason Day are all above 45. Yeah, he's out. So they're all above 45% finish in top 10s. I couldn't have less of an idea of what Brooks Kepka is going to do this week. I couldn't be any more confused about how that guy's going to play. 
I think, I mean, each week he has to be getting healthier, right? You'd imagine? You would guess. Although, him playing this past week seemed a little odd. Unless he's just, like, that's why you can't tell what's going on with his health. Like, I, it, it's weird to me that someone with a knee injury couldn't hurt it more by walking 72 holes over the week. Plus practice rounds. Like, I feel like that's only going to make it worse. So I don't, I don't understand even what his knee injury is, let alone how it could be getting better with him walking a bunch of holes every week. Walking is very low impact, but... Swinging is not. Which knee is it? I think it's his Well, right. it's either his left or his right. There's only two knees to go from here. So my odds are good, but I'm... Oh, man. It's hard to tell how the pictures are from, like, Augusta when he was bending down and poking his knee out at the Masters. He was going we like, find, we're going to find it right like, now. Yeah. We need a stat guy. We need an intern. We do. Anyone looking for a free, uh, you know, some internship work on a podcast listened to by... At least, people. at least 50 people per week. Yeah. We'll pay you in high noons. Love high noons. I wouldn't give those away for free. We got good whiskey, though. But to kind of fill in some of this dead air, I think Brooks will play well. He's, I mean, he played great at the Memorial. Did he? Or no, it wasn't the Memorial. It was, uh, what was the... PGA. PGA, sorry. I'm all over the place today. It's his right knee. So it's his non-impact knee. Yeah. That's, I mean... But still, I just can't imagine... <laughs> like having... Oh, yeah, I just got operated on my right knee. What are you doing today? I'm going to go walk 18 holes and play golf. <laughs> that is just crazy to me. And then he does it four days in a row sometimes. Or six he still days sucks in a row. at putting. He's the weird guy, like... Uh, oh God, who was I listening to? Is it a golf podcast? There's only like three No, oh, there's popular. a million of them. But there's three big ones. Great Colton Oast one, by the way, subpar if you never listen to it. They do great interviews. But they were talking about why people don't like Brooks. It's because you think about different, very popular players. Like Spieth's an amazing putter. DJ and Rory are just amazing drivers of the golf ball. Bryson drives it far as shit. Ricky's just overly popular with the fans. He's Signs a shitload of autographs. He's stuff good like looking, that. great mustache. Phil Phil's got a ridiculous short game. Tiger's just he's Tiger. Tiger's a separate category. Yeah, he's but like a, Brooks he's doesn't do supernova. Brooks doesn't do anything overly great. He just does everything really, really well. He shows up in majors, but that's what I'm saying. Like his his go to is that he's clutch. Like that's his go to. It's not like. So people, people say, you oh, think man, people don't like him because there's not like a tangible like. There's not. I want to. I want to putt like Brooks. Right. I don't want to drive it like Brooks. I want to hit irons like Brooks. Yeah. It's no. He just does everything moderately well and just shows up in majors with his clutch gene, whatever you want to call it. I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, especially because he's very. Because he doesn't have very nonchalant to like about his like whole approach to golf. It's almost like which he comes up as like. It, which is obviously bullshit because right. you would be a pro golfer playing six rounds a day or right. six rounds a week if you weren't practice serious rounds, about it. If you weren't serious about it, you didn't like it. Right. Like that, oh, I never practice. You golf every week. Oh, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't really have time to... Yeah, maybe you just work out every day, but you're yeah. doing something for golf every single day. Yeah, he's not Bryson extreme of like fucking going home and hitting 600 straight drives until he goes into cardiac arrest as we brought back right. to life. Right. But he likes golf. Right. So it... Maybe people ah, think... We don't know if he likes golf. He, he likes it enough he, to play it. He just likes money. And he's really good at golf. That yeah, might be the case. That is why I do what I do at my job, so... <laughs> anyway. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. Do you, I mean, do you have anything else for the U.S. Open this week? The one thing I saw that I thought would have... Was it interesting that they would ask, given what has happened in the past month, is Tiger Woods declined an invitation to be like a... Reporter for the for the week at no, the US they Open. Gonna, they were gonna have or broadcaster. No, no, no. They were gonna have him do a voiceover for like an opening commercial for the U.S. Open, and he declined, which no. is not surprising at all. Tiger doesn't want to contribute to anybody else's like enjoyment. He's gonna do what he does. Correct. The only thing he wants to do is win, so he's gonna focus on that. I did see that Ricky said that he might go over and watch the U.S. Open with Tiger again, which. Ricky is just living the life, man. Yeah. I mean, 
for someone who is now missing two majors, two majors in, a in a row, not in a row, I'm gonna watch two, 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 two this year, two of three, two of three so far. He's enjoying it. like even like uh, last week when he he literally played the entire tournament, went and golfed thirty six holes on that Monday. Which the there was a rain delay. Right. They had to suspend play, yeah. and then he had to go back on Tuesday. Yeah. He was still happy as shit, just out there. He stayed till like ten at night oh, one yeah, night, signing autographs. Guys. Like, and he was fans. the only one at those qualifiers where they had hundred people following him around Correct. during his qualifying round. Yeah, which if if I had you know the time, I would have followed Doug Gim around. Oh, a friend of the pod, Doug. Yeah, Gim. friend of the pod. Could maybe get a little interview, but For sure. Yeah, he's living the dream. And his game is seemingly getting back to where it was, so hopefully right. he can win a major in the next couple of years. That'd be awesome. I would love to see Ricky win, but it's not going to happen this week. I still wish he would have did the, that commercial you had thought about at the Masters. Where he's like in the Mercedes trying to get into the Masters, and they wouldn't let him in. That would have been great. I'm an idea man. Yeah. Right? We need to get Ricky's people with you. <laughs> I'm going to get in touch with Ricky's people. Anyway... All right. Well, everybody enjoy the U.S. Open. We'll uh, we'll be in touch next week. Everybody, get out there. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at one hundred underscore keep it under. You guys want to shoot us some ideas or things you like, don't like. Um, one hundred keep it under at gmail dot com. Otherwise, uh, as the past couple weeks have gone. Uh, Our man Young Guido is going to take us home. Keep it under 100. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links When you take out a club and you about to hit a swing What you gonna do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under 100 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 We keep it under 100